Welcome back to the Coffee Table Universe. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, well, at least we have some bloopers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or Steris, Addison the Eyeballs. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome back, back to, to the, the Coffee Table. table. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the coffee table. I'm Allison. And I'm Morgan. And today we're going to be discussing a show that is so addictive to watch, you don't want to stop watching it. Yeah, absolutely not. This is also our fifth episode, our second about Y2K TV. Mm-hmm. We're moving on from Alias to something a little bit more traditionally Y2K. A little more lighthearted, if you will. It. And also angsty in all the best ways. Angsty, witty. Ironic, charming. Fashionable. Well. Eh. <laughs> for, That's out for, <laughs> for 2003, it was pretty fashionable. I suppose. All right. So this iconic show we are doing is Ready Drumroll. The OC. Oh, man. I'm so excited. Let me just run through the cast list really quick. So we've got our core four. Which is going to be, if I can find the right tab. Core 4. We've core 4. That. That's not really... <laughs> oh, yeah. I, we've, we've I feel like we've... named them that. Yeah. Because there's no show without the Core 4. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be Seth Cohen, Ryan Atwood, Marissa Cooper, and Summer Roberts. The two main parents featured in at least the pilot episode is Sandy Cohen and Kristen Co- Kirsten Cohen. Excuse Kirsten me. Cohen. Kirsten yes. Cohen. Who are Seth's parents. And today, our featured beverage at the coffee table is a 7 and 7. Yes, this is in honor of the pilot episode where a 17-year-old successfully orders a 7 and 7 at the bar. Um, We thought we would try it out, and it is in fact exactly the drink a 17-year-old would order from the bar. It's pretty bad, you guys. so bad. Just tastes like watery, watery whiskey. We apologize to anybody who enjoys these. Don't see how you do. Mm-mm. You need to figure out a better drink. Agreed. Yeah. It's simply just whiskey and 7-Up. It's supposed to be Seagram's whiskey. I don't think it would matter. Mm-mm. Yeah. All right. Before we get into the synopsis of the show, how many days until you turn 25? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> today, today, it's 31 days. Just shy of a month. Just shy of a month. Ooh. It's yeah. brutal. Yeah. It's fine. I'm fine. Um, on this side of the it. table, I still have 171 days. So I'm feeling pretty good about it. I got You're time to turn I got I got time to crisis. turn it around. Or quarter life crisis. Quarter. Yeah, that's yeah, impending. Like right in the foreplay of that. <laughs> <laughs> Happens to the best of us. <laughs> okay. So according to Wikipedia. The OC is described as a modern soap opera mines the intertwined lives of the Cohen, Cooper, and Nickel families for the drama with a contemporary music soundtrack adding to the proceedings. Ryan, a teenager from the wrong side of the Chino tracks, finds himself... (laughs) It's a terrible way to describe it. Finds himself in a well-to-do Newport Beach. Taken in by a lawyer and his family, Ryan winds up in the midst of snarky, wealthy high schoolers and their sun-drenched angst. 
What is sun-drenched angst? I don't know. I love it. It's great verbiage. Can't wait to use it throughout our recaps. We will continuously... We Mm -hmm. should rank the episodes on how How sun-drenched it is. And how angsty they are. That's a great... I'm getting a great graphic visualized up here. Yeah. Yeah. Episode one. The pilot episode. Um, The description on all streaming services describe this episode as... A troubled young man makes waves in a wealthy harbor front community where residents lead secret lives. What an interesting way to describe the episode. It's so strange and vague. Mm-hmm. I guess it's supposed to be intriguing, but um, there wasn't a lot of secret lives. That <laughs> At we least really in the saw. pilot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before we get into our key takeaways, I have to say, I think this is one of the best pilot episodes out there. I love there. it. There's so much in it. You go through an entire journey, and it feels like you've watched several episodes in that 40 minutes. Yeah, it does a really good job at introducing you to the characters and what the show's going to be like. And their personalities. The plot line. Mm-hmm. Like, you really get from point A to point B. I think the ones that changed the most is probably just Summer, because she... Yeah. Summer was... She's that traditional, like, bitchy character that we all end up loving. Kind of like a Brooke Davis. She wasn't supposed to be a reoccurring character, right? Yeah, I believe so. I think she was just a guest star in this pilot, and they weren't sure Was this Rachel Bilson's first, like, big role? Probably. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. We might have to fact check that. Yeah, we can fact check that later. All right, so opening scene is... The car theft. Yeah, so Ryan, the main character, the troubled young man, per se, um, his older brother essentially peer pressures him into Grand Theft Auto, mm-hmm. um, where he Doesn't steals really a car. Yeah, Ryan's basically the passenger in this crime, um, and they both end up arrested, and in he's in juvie, his brother, I believe, goes to jail. Yeah, yeah. correct. Um, so, cut to... Sandy Cohen arriving, his state-provided attorney. Woo-woo. You can tell he immediately feels like he relates to this kid, Ryan. Yeah. He's been where he's been before, and he just wants to help him. Yeah. Um, they talk, and Ryan gets out. Mm-hmm. Um, his mom comes to pick him up, and she is clearly under the influence, drives up onto a curb, He's, like, just a horrible human being from the back. Right away, you hate his mom. Like, there's no other way to view her in this particular moment. She's just yelling at him and just wreaking havoc right right in front of the juvenile detention facility. Yeah, real classy. Real -hmm. real great look. Um, The show really wants you to feel bad for Ryan, and so this just not giving his mom any sort of redemption arc or, like, charm at all is definitely a way of doing that. And then right away we see Sandy Cohen be deeply concerned for wherever Ryan is going with yeah, his. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. Yeah, so he strikes concern um, for this kid that he's made this connection with. And so he sends him with his personal cell phone number. Then we cut to Ryan arriving back at his house. At his house, his mom immediately starts drinking. Yeah. And just yelling at him, I don't know what I do to deserve bad kids like you, I think yeah. is something she said. And then turned to her boyfriend in the living room, just probably taking full advantage of the situation. 
And then her and Ryan obviously get into a little tiff. Not really sure what it's about. She just yeah, it was about three seconds long. Hates her life, hates her kids, and kicks him out. No, so. it's amazing how he doesn't seem too terribly upset by this, and he just grabs a couple things and leaves. It doesn't feel like it's going to be something of permanence at yeah. this point. It's almost like one, it's either happened before, mm-hmm. or two, he doesn't think it's like for real. He doesn't. He obviously doesn't take his mom very seriously. So. Right. To paint the picture, he is using these, like, really beat-up payphones outside of, like, a minute market on some dirty streets. Like, they're really trying to show that this kid is um, from poor the, and, yeah. yeah, from the wrong side of the tracks. The, like, of the Chino tracks, tracks. <laughs> they said in the synopsis. He's troubled, clearly. <laughs> Um, and it gets pretty brutal because he calls like three or four people and they all have some sort of excuse or say that they can't take him in. So he doesn't know where he's going to be sleeping for the night. Um, and this is where you see him, like the reality start to set in for him a little bit where he's starting to get worried. Then he fumbles around in his pocket and finds Sandy Cohen's number from, I believe earlier that same day. Yeah. So he remembers his attorney and he's like, well, I have nowhere else to go, so he gives him a call. Next thing you know, he's being picked up in a shiny BMW. The coolest car you can have in 2003, Obviously. apparently. Obviously. <laughs> it was a sign of affluence, clearly. Yes. <laughs> Ryan makes a comment about money and how much Sandy must make to be able to afford this nice car. And he yeah. says, no, but my wife sure does. Yeah. And I just love their dynamic me too because it's not like he says it in a way like he's trying to hide that no it's, it's his like wife's it's money almost or like anything. a brag it's pretty yeah. cool it's almost like no i get to drive this on my wife's dollar mm-hmm. which is pretty rad especially for this time period yeah for sure okay so once they get to the house sandy goes in to talk to his wife kirsten that and talk about how ryan's gonna stay for the weekend which she doesn't take it too well at first. And then while this is occurring, Ryan is in the driveway smoking a cigarette and meeting the next door neighbor. And this is where we are introduced to Marissa Cooper, his love interest down the line. This scene (laughs) makes me so uncomfortable. They both say the most awkward things, and it's almost like a little creepy, the lighting... How they're both trying to look cool smoking the cigarettes. Yeah. I just want to be out of that. I don't want to be in that situation. I want to be out. I hated all of it. Yeah, he lights his cigarette. She uses his cigarette to light light her her cigarette. Can I bum a cigarette? Yeah. That's what she said. Um, She's clearly like the rich girl looking for a thrill. She gets picked up by her boyfriend who's in this huge lifted truck. truck. Insert eye roll here. He's got a like puka shell necklace on okay i do love the puka shell necklace can't spiked blonde hair the typical jockey douchey boyfriend Mm -hmm. um and in this conversation this horrible conversation um ryan basically tells her everything he he says that he Mm -hmm. stole a car was in juvie and um sandy bailed him out And she doesn't believe him. Nope. She just says, oh, you're their cousin from Boston, right? And he just goes along with yeah. it. Because I guess that's easier than believing a criminal. His... Yeah. <laughs> Try yeah I don't know if I want to call him a criminal. Yeah. I think he's just had bad luck. Yeah. Um, so then he goes back inside. 
and they have set him up in another character legendary iconic character um the pool house <laughs> love the pool house would like to be invited over for pool parties it's a huge pool oh, house. it's at least two it's the size of two of my apartments i would say yeah Easy. easily easily over 1100 square feet this pool it house. has like a little kitchen and a bathroom yeah um it's quite similar to the pool house in gilmore girls there's a theme here it big probably house. is the same. Yeah, pool big house. pool houses are also a sign of affluence. <laughs> I guess. In 2003. <laughs> in 2003. Um, and in this pool house, we meet their maid? Question mark? Because yeah. Because she doesn't really make a reappearance. No, I think she's in the third episode very briefly. But after that, I don't think we ever see her again. We might be wrong. We'll find out yeah. later. Um, and then he's getting settled and Kirsten goes back inside and she's expressing her concern, Mm -hmm. um, to her husband again about him bringing in a stray, essentially comparing him to a puppy puppy. and saying that she's worried that it will last longer than the weekend. Um, as I like to say, the CW loves to foreshadow. Um, (laughs) there's a lot of that happening in this episode. And Ryan does overhear this conversation, and he says something along the lines of, I guess I'm not unpacking, unpacking, or I guess I won't unpack. After that happens, we cut to the next morning, and Ryan is walking in from the pool house to the main house, where he meets Seth for the first time. And Seth is just sitting on the floor playing video games. Like a little kid. He it is so like adorable. It's the sweetest, like, most innocent way to introduce hey. a character. Yeah. And he just, like, looks at him and says, hey, like, literally like a five-year-old. Yep. There's no other way to describe the essence of the scene other than he looked like a child. Mm-hmm. It was the way he was, like, almost, like, cr- crouched over. Yeah, it was games. very, like, youthful. And I don't know, it was just very funny. <laughs> What I like about this is you can tell he immediately wants to be friends with Ryan. After they've been playing video games for a little bit, Sandy comes in and says, hey, why don't you guys go do something outside? It's nice. And this is where Ryan says, well, what do you guys like to do for fun around here? And Seth takes him to his sailboat. Yeah. It's like a catamaran. Yeah. It's like it has two rigs. But um, so apparently... What they do for fun in the OC is they go sailing. sailing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And this whole concept just, I don't know why it was okay. I don't know why it's cute. Um, It's hilarious and creepy. Hilarious, creepy, cringy, cliche, whatever you want to call it. Um, This boat that belongs to Seth is called the Summer Breeze. Summer is also the name of the girl he's in love with. This girl, Summer, that he's in love with, Mm -hmm. he has never met. He has never talked to. She does not know he... Well, she doesn't know he exists. Yeah. Well, she doesn't even know his name. Yeah. She doesn't even know his name. Um, And he plans to take her on his like 90 day sailing trip to To Tahiti (laughs) at the end of the year. That's what we learn in this scene. Uh, <laughs> and Ryan's a little sweetie. He's the, goes along with it. He's like, oh, so you never like, even talked to her? And the look on his face, you can just tell. He was like, oh, that is so weird. Yeah, but he's like, basically, you do you, man. Um, mm-hmm. There's not much else to that sailing scene other than setting up that Seth is in love with this summer person. 
After sailing, um, it cuts to the next-door neighbor's house, and this is where we meet the Coopers, Marissa's parents, for the mm-hmm. first time. They're, they're a piece of work. They're... Each of them, individually mm-hmm. and together. <laughs> and it starts off with her opening the door to some SEC agents, um, which, who, what father lets his teenage daughter talk to the SEC on his behalf? Jimmy Cooper does. I really hate his character so much, but we'll return to him in yeah, later episodes. Yeah, he's so problematic. Okay, after this, we go back to the Cohen house as they're getting ready for this fashion show charity event that Marissa Cooper has invited them to. Yeah, this is like her charity event that she's in charge of. I'm... Not really sure how how or why. She's She's like like 15. Yeah, something like that. Um, And so, naturally, she invites Ryan, and so all of the Coens have to go. Mm -hmm. This is a a family affair. Pre-party, I did love the scene where Sandy came in and taught Ryan how to tie a tie. Yeah. It really established that he really wants to be a father figure. Yeah, he's kind of stepping into that role a little, like... Little by little, this mm-hmm. whole episode. Um, CW loves foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> they sure do. Um, so they arrive to this fashion show. and yep. So the first thing I noticed, and that made me a little bit uncomfortable, is that how all these older housewives are immediately hitting on Ryan. Oh, yeah. This, like, 16-year-old kid. Yeah. The bigger picture on that is... all. I don't know if it's obvious, but it's just that these, like, housewives are supposed to be painted as, like, unhappy mm-hmm. or looking for excitement outside of their lives. Like, they're supposed to be so rich that they're bored and just want to flirt with 17-year-olds, I guess. <laughs> From there is where Ryan orders the 7 and 7 at the bar. Yeah. No ID check, nothing. Nothing. Bartender just, just hands, it, it, to, hands it to him. You can see Ryan's face. His eyebrows kind of go up a little bit. Like, can't believe I just got away with that, but... Mm-hmm. Easy peasy. Yeah. Until he turns around, comes face to face with Kirsten Cohen. Yes. And she just kind of like looks at him with that mom eye, like, mm-hmm. you shouldn't be doing that. And he just hands the drink over when very she holds her hand out. Yep. Very casual. And she says a key line at this point. She says, I, w- I want my husband to be right about you. This is the first time I liked her in the episode. Mm-hmm. I thought she was pretty awful up until this mm-hmm. point because she was so. Um, rude about him staying over, which I guess anyone might be, but still. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this shows that it's not just her against her self-righteous husband. Like, there mm-hmm. is pieces of her that does want to help him. She's just obviously protecting her family or believes that she is. Um, but this sh- starts to show her, like, warming up and being um, the character that she does become very quickly mm-hmm. after this. Um, I do want to mention this song that's playing throughout this whole the scene. <laughs> um, it's a song called All Around the World by the Cooler Kids. <laughs> I don't remember this being like a chart-topping hit. Oh, um, it was in all the movies. It was in so many movies, though. But what cracked me up about it is the second title is Punk Debutante, which is essentially Marissa Cooper's character in yep. a nutshell. So... Um, We'll circle back, I'm sure, several times to referring to her as a punk debutante, but I just thought that was funny. Yeah. While the fashion show is uh, happening, Seth and Ryan sit at the kids' table, because it's made very clear at this event that Seth 
is not popular amongst his peers from school. Yeah, they're really trying to set up Seth as like nerdy. Yeah. But the but also a loner. Yeah, no friends. Um, Social creepy crushes on people he's never met. <laughs> um, but where they failed with this character is casting Adam Brody. Yeah. Um, they just really ripped him off the Gilmore Girls set. Have him come in and play Seth Cohen. Yeah, I think he made Seth Cohen who Seth Cohen is. Oh, I for think sure. that the character that they wanted him to be ended up changing a lot because Adam Brody is just a very charismatic, like charming actor and it's hard for him to hide behind a role like that Mm -hmm. um so it's interesting to see them try to make a role go a certain way that's not really working out and he passes his comedy through on such like a regular it almost takes you a second to catch back up with the joke he says yeah it's just very quick Mm -hmm. very quick very quippy i don't know what nerd outcast who doesn't talk to people um (laughs) can also make jokes like that yeah Um, for sure but this is a tv show so so with ryan ordering that drink in this event in general it this is when we first get that alcohol is heavily present in this show um because even the girls backstage are drinking champagne whatever they can find yeah Yeah. teenage girls sorry excuse me well yeah um (laughs) contacts (laughs) (laughs) Um, and that clearly circles back to just this um, whole bigger picture that nobody's happy in the OC. Mm-hmm. They all are just trying to self-medicate and live their secret lives. Apparently. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So from the fashion show, Marissa then invites Ryan and Seth to mm. the after party. Wasn't it Summer? Or yeah, Summer invites them to the after party. Um which is held at someone's beach house, of course. So they walk into this party, and Ryan turns to Seth and says, Welcome to the dark side. Um, and I just find this a little bit ironic because Rachel Bilson, who plays Summer, actually did have a baby with Darth Vader, yeah. um, Hayden Christensen, just a few years after the show. So I just thought that was a, a random it's, little parallel. It's also the second time that's said because. Seth said it when they got to the fashion show, remember? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So this is, like, Ryan's way of saying, like, no. No, this, this is the dark side. This is the dark side. <laughs> um, once again, soundtrack, iconic. Mm-hmm. These, all the, all the songs are bops, for sure. So at this party, there's a lot of drinking going on, and one of the scenes I laugh the most at is Seth just sitting on the ground next to the keg, just drinking. Yeah, this is clearly one of his first, like, big social situations. Oh, yeah, he's definitely never been drunk before. And he's just going for it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is also where we notice that Summer is also into Ryan. Everybody's into Everybody Ryan. Everybody loves Ryan. Um, she says something along the lines of, I'm going to play him hot and cold. <laughs> This took me aback. Don't know really what it's it means. Very two thousand three. It's very two thousand three. Um, but Marissa is clearly bothered by that, even though she has, has a, boyfriend. a boyfriend. These love triangles are they spawn pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, her boyfriend Luke is flirting with other girls. It's really just kind of a shit show here. Very toxic. Um, mid shit show, we can return back to the threesome that's apparently occurring in the bathroom Mm -hmm. 
in a bathtub full of bubbles, as one does <laughs> at a party at Holly's Beach House. Um, and Seth walks into it and immediately closes the door. And he, he says something like, I should really learn to knock just in, <laughs> just case, in case there's a threesome in the bathroom. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. So at this point in the party, everybody is very sloppy drunk. This includes Summer, the one that Seth loves. Yes, the one However, he's taking to Tahiti. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However, um, she is really into Ryan at this point. So she's like kind of all over him. Seth witnesses this and thinks that Ryan is, you know, stepping on his toes or whatever. You know, there's nothing there at this point mm-hmm. of their relationship. So Seth gets mad and kind of storms off to the beach. Yes. Um, storms or stumbles. Um Little bit of balls. Yeah. Um, he stumbles down to the beach where Luke and his water polo buddies are there um, waiting for him. No, not really. But as soon as he gets down there, they just start it's, pushing him around. It's a little unclear why this fight began to me. I think they just hate him. We don't really know why Mm-mm. other than they're supposed to be the jerks and Seth's supposed to be the nerd. And obviously, obviously, that means they have to... Yeah hate each other so um it's bullying essentially ryan hears the fight from the porch comes down to the beach um and after an iconic seth line (laughs) is sucker punches luke in the face um but prior to this seth is saying like you guys won't hurt me when they're pushing him around saying too cliche yeah saying it would be too cliche but then they pick him up flip him upside down and he says oh i guess you're fans of the cliche <laughs> and this was funny to me because it does break the fourth wall a little bit with the show because it just kind of pokes fun at this whole thing just mm-hmm. being super cliche um so i thought that was kind of funny but and then he ryan sucker punches luke the first sucker punch of the season of the Pivotal episode moment yeah of the episode um, as well yeah but and this is where Luke delivers his famous line, which it's amazing that it's really only said once and it's like permanently attached to the show. It's so funny. It's literally just, welcome to the OC, bitch. That's how we do it in Orange County. Yes. We love it. So cliche, really. Cliche, cheesy, <laughs> corny. All, all right. of it. All right, so um, at this point, the boys stumble home and are in the pool house. Ryan goes for a walk. And this is where Marissa's loser friends just ditch her lifeless body on the sidewalk in front of her house. Yeah, apparently in OC, if you get too drunk, your friends just toss you on the the sidewalk like a dead body and then leave. Yeah, she wasn't flinching at all. No. Um, And this is what leads us to the first clip or scene of Ryan carrying Marissa. The first this one. It's happened that. <laughs> throughout the series several times. Um, which, as you pointed out, that's more CW foreshadowing, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, come to, I assume, Monday morning, Ryan's getting ready to go home. Yeah. Sandy brings him home. Ryan opens the door to find that his mom has left. There's no furniture, nothing left. Um, she leaves him a note, but it doesn't say where she's going. That cuts to them bringing him back to the house mm-hmm. um, and basically saying they're going to have to contact child services and he's going to be in the system. Um, 
And that's kind of where this episode leaves Thanks. us. Mm-hmm. We don't really know Ryan's future at this point. Yeah. Okay, rolling into episode two. Yeah. Titled The Model Home. HBO's description for episode two is the teens hide in a mo- model home, but a bully causes trouble. A bully is a good way to... I guess, yeah. I guess. Pretty vague description <laughs> once again. The opening scene where they're hanging in the pool and Seth is like, hey, this is your last night. We need to do something special. This was another one of his iconic lines that I just laughed a little too hard at. He said, we could get a couple of tattoos or some hookers or lose our virginity. <laughs> Our collective virginity. I just thought it was funny. I was speaking for everybody in the pool, <laughs> not just himself. This uh, opening scene is also where we're introduced to the model home, which um, Kirsten has like a 3D version of it sitting on the kitchen counter. And Ryan asks what she does for a living. Yeah, so her dad is like a real estate developer. They own like. A bunch of developments. They built gyms, fields, things like that. Yeah, and she's in charge of residential properties. Um, so that's where she makes the big bucks, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so during this scene, they are explaining to Ryan how being in the system is going to go, ma- signing paperwork, things like that. Um, it's kind of like the somber moment of we're putting this kid into foster care seth makes a sassy comment about yeah everyone wants to adopt a 17 year old um he says so he says like a brand new 16 year old yeah brand new 16 year old so funny like that um obviously a little bit snarky like Mm -hmm. this show describes these teens so ryan and seth end up in seth's room and this is where they devise a plan and this plan is to move Ryan into the model home that's currently unfinished um, until they can figure out another place for him to go. In between them going to the model home and leaving the house, this is where they bump into Marissa Cooper and mm-hmm. she wants to go with them. This is also where we find out who her, who her little sister is. Oh, yes. We get a little glance, a quick glance at her little sister. Shailene Woodley was Amazing. a little baby in this Like show. eight years old. Yeah. Um, she didn't last very long. Um, she was in like the first three episodes and then... Um, and they, I think they like send her to boarding school or something. So we don't see her again until she's like 13 or something. Yeah, she comes back. As a dif- and a different actor. So Marissa is now involved in this scheme, obviously because she does care for Ryan um this scene in the car really cracked me up me too (laughs) so they're driving to the model home and listening to music and um at this point seth is like you don't like me you never talked to me you've never invited me to anything so how could they possibly be any have any common yeah he sees her in in like an entire different world Mm -hmm. than him um and so when she's asked what music she listens to she goes Oh, I'm really into punk right now. You know, punk debutante. Um, and <laughs> yeah. Seth says... Avril Lavigne doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. And she's clearly bugged by that. And she's like, well, what about the Sex Pistols and the cramb- the cramps. Cranberries or the Cramps or whatever she says. And he was like, I listen to the same music as Marissa Cooper. And he, he's just completely baffled by yeah, this. That was, he's almost like a little... He's almost like a little icked out. Yeah. 
he has the ick for Marissa, and we don't really know why, but they start to kind of, like, chip away at that mm-hmm. um, in this episode. What I found so funny about this, too, is they're really just trying to make Marissa seem like this, like, angsty, like, cool, cool tr- I don't know, like, but she's just clearly just a white girl in low seat. Okay, so they get to the model home. They get, I think, pizza or some sort of food. And they're just hanging out and talking by the pool. It's in and out, actually. Oh, of course. They're in Orange it's, County. You know, it's they have to. So, and they're hanging out by the empty pool. And Seth is just skateboarding in it. And it's just super cute. The next day, it's, it's established that they have to go get supplies. And this is kind of where they are getting supplies, but also just kind of enjoying hanging out and i loved the moment where they're just letting loose and riding bikes and skateboarding around on the pier so it's so adorable it was like you could tell it was like the start of their friendship yeah it it was a great kind of setup for the The dynamic of Mm -hmm. the show and the three of them specifically um it's also kind of cool to see seth warm up to marissa um and kind of show that I don't know how great the message is, but kind of just show that all the rich kids aren't, like, who he thinks they yeah. are. Which, um, because of the parents' dynamic, I'm surprised they don't know each other better. Like, you right. would think they have grown up together if they're neighbors and they're... Right, because Kirsten mm-hmm. um, went to prom with Jimmy, who is Marissa's dad, yeah. and they he's still obviously pining after her, and they're, like, very close friends. Um more of that to come <laughs> to be continued <laughs> to be continued um i have in my notes that these boys love to fight <laughs> yep second sucker punch of the season um yeah we're two for two guys two for two um they are just kind of getting lunch in a diner luke shows up they get into a fight and because of seth once again yeah he grabs seth yeah for so a bully I guess. He is a bully. I guess the description was right. It's really just to bully Seth around. Like, very violently, mm-hmm. though. It's, like, not really insults. They're kind of too dumb for that. It's just, like, immediately yep. fist. Mm-hmm. Shoved um, to the ground. That kind yeah. Of. So, they managed to get away. Um, and because of the fight, um, Ryan is undercover right now. And the cops are looking for him. But because of the fight... He had been spotted, so now it's, like, crunch time to keep him hidden. Um, So he realizes he's going to have to leave soon, um, and they go back to the model home and kind of start game planning that. Um, At the same time, Kirsten comes to visit her model home. Yep. And who is with her other than her prom date? slash next door neighbor jimmy cooper so they're all here listening to this conversation that's going on and at this point marissa knows something's going on with her dad but she's not really sure what um and this gives us kind of a hint into what that is money problems money problems obviously he's a financial planner um if the sec was involved you know it's not gonna go well for them right and so he's saying he can't pay off his debts his bills and so she just gives him $100,000. Just a casual transfer. Just no a casual big deal. loan to a friend. Mm-hmm. I have that she gave it to him because she's obviously still in love with him, even though she has Sandy Cohen for a husband. This is a very loaded thing. We'll get into it later. Mm-hmm. We can fast forward a little bit yeah. to one of my personal favorite scenes. 
of season one, I think. Possibly the whole show. It's just really iconic. Um, this is when Marissa comes to see Ryan on his last night. In the quote model unquote, home. In the model home. He has a tent set up He's inside. lighting candles. There's, yeah, there's candles everywhere. He's got his little sleeping bag all set up. And Marissa... <laughs> And him are talking and saying how she's saying how he doesn't want she doesn't want him to go. Um, and then she says something along the lines of maybe I'll just stay the night and we can hang out, quote unquote. Yep. Um, and Ryan says, if you stay the <laughs> night, I can't leave. <laughs> um, I know they're alluding to the fact that, like, if she stays the night, then she's in, they'll be more into each other and he won't be able to leave. But this is like problematic, I guess. And so she starts to protest and he just goes, go, go. go. And she runs out sobbing, drives home and just runs to her bed, face plants. And we just literally see her like a brick <laughs> sobbing into her pillow. Her legs are like back at her side. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. And little did we know, while they were fighting, Luke had followed her to this model home from yet another party. At Holly's at house. At Holly's beach house. God, Holly. Um, so Luke finds Ryan at this model home, has some axe to grind with him, and they get into a, tuss- a tussle. Just a small tussle. Well, it's also, all these fights aren't just one-on-one. It's like eight, three four on one so mm-hmm. i think there was three other guys with luke this time all beating up on ryan seth is not here Mm-mm. this is just ryan uh the aforementioned candles get knocked over at this point um the cops don't know where ryan or luke are and they're talking to marissa and seth um about if they'd seen them trying to figure things out and luke and ryan pull up in luke's truck and both take responsibility for their actions they were together they were together no because luke left him on the ground outside the model home but then he pulls up with his truck ryan walks out from behind it and luke gets out of the truck bed front seat am i wrong yeah (laughs) no i'm not i'm hang on can't wait to unpack this okay (laughs) well Okay. okay, well, we just had, a l- had to do a quick pause for fact check. We really had to get, figure this out. Because we're both right in the end. Yeah, so house catches on fire. Luke pulls Ryan out of the fire, mm-hmm. leaves him on the sidewalk by the model home, gets in his truck with all of his buddies, and drives they away. leave him, yeah. Cut to the next scene where the cops are interrogating, like, Marissa and Seth, asking them about the boys. Um... They both show up in the same track. time, and the other guys aren't there. Yeah, so Luke must have gone back. He must have ditched his friends and came back and got Ryan. Yeah, I there is a huge chunk of time missing, t- at least to me, because they had to the cops had to arrive, and had to alert. Right. It's I don't know. Anyways, so and we're just not going to know answers to Luke having to have gone back and picked him up. Mm-hmm. So, they admit to it. Yeah. No, Luke had also said that nobody can find out. Mm-hmm. In a, so there's a little bit of a 
plot confusion here, but we'll look past well, it. Well, I think he had a little, for lack of a better term, like, come to Jesus moment yeah. as they were arresting Ryan for the fire, because it's not like he started the fire. Yeah. It was all of them. Yeah, and you did see that a little bit when he obviously dragged him out of the house, and then his friends were telling him, like, we gotta go, and mm-hmm. he kept, like, he kind of hesitated. Mm-hmm. So it does make sense that he would go back and get him. They just don't really ever say that that happened, Mm-mm. so you just kind of have to assume. That's about it for that episode. Ryan's rested. Yep. And... Okay. Okay. So rolling into episode three, The Gamble, as HBO describes it, Kirsten takes a temporary custody of Ryan. His mom gets drunk. Yeah. Period. Two sentences. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was That's it. essentially what it is. So, uh, well, wait, 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 wait. The first episode kicks off with Ryan and Juvie, and we see a little beloved character from Veronica Mars. Oh, yes. In, in Juvie with Ryan. Yes. Weevil. Yes. Cheers. Applause. Ever it's Weevil. Like, who is that? And then, a young and Weevil. Like, I knew who it was. Sandy comes to see Ryan. Um, I want to point something out that was consistent with the first episode, and that is that these scenes where Ryan is in Juvie or in Chino are obviously darker, lower saturated, are shot differently. Mm-hmm. There's more handheld shots. Um, they're really trying to paint a picture of, like, this more affluent, better, sunshiny life in OC versus this, like, darker world that Ryan came from. On the wrong side of the Chino tracks, yes, the wrong side as the, of the Chino says. So Sandy basically tells Ryan, like, hey, hang in there, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Luke gets to go home because he doesn't have any priors or anything right. like that. Right. He's, Luke is very much painted to the adults as a good like a good boy yeah right golden boy like captain of the water polo team mm-hmm. um all the parents love him which is a little gross actually <laughs> foreshadowing <laughs> okay um so then we cut to marissa and summer talking about this incident and mm-hmm. summer realizes that ryan is in love with marissa and suddenly doesn't care um, yeah suddenly no longer wants to play games of hot and cold with Ryan or whatever she said. Full circle. All right. We cut to Marissa and Summer in Marissa's room talking about the situation. Summer's like, wow, Ryan's so in love with you. He'll punch someone inside a house on fire. And she's like, I just want him to talk to me. Yeah. (laughs) Which, fair. Um, Summer at this point is taking off her top changing i don't know and seth comes in seth and ryan no no no. seth and jimmy he brought he so the dad brought him upstairs and just opened opened the door yeah just opened his daughter's door as you do actually i think the door was open i don't think now marissa seems to be embarrassed that seth has stopped by and makes an excuse Mm -hmm. which leads me to my question um, because she said, do you want to talk about Star Wars or something? Something okay. like that. And he says, you couldn't have at least said X-Men. So this comes to my question. Is X-Men cooler than Star Wars? Absolutely not. <laughs> I just... In this world, I guess. In this world, I guess so. Um, another Star Wars reference. hmm Okay. So it- that also, though, ties into this, like, theory that marissa has that 
Seth has actually never talked to her or given her the time of day. Yeah. Um, when Seth has expressed to her that she never did so, clearly she is embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's not embarrassed to come into her house and want to hang out. So there is something there. Yeah. Um, so, so. Sorry. They're just pivoting from her character arc a little bit. Yeah. Which is okay. And this is also where we get a little more Julie Cooper involvement. Marissa's mom. Yeah. So Julie Cooper, there is a character that clearly um, married for money, is in love with her rich lifestyle, wears matching pink jumpsuits, Mm -hmm. like sweatsuits and juicy, juicy sweatsuits. Um, pink robes, slippers, like, she's always, um, dressed very lavish, and she's kind of like the mean girl's mom. I'm a cool mom. Like, she's very, yeah. kind of like... Well, she's trying to be, but I don't think in, they view her as that, necessarily. Right. So, prior to him going up to see Marissa, mm-hmm. um, he had asked Kirsten if he could go see Ryan and convinces her to take him. And so she, he was going to Marissa's house to ask her to go with him. Yeah. Um, obviously she kind of shuns him off and this then cuts to Seth and Kirsten going to Dewey to visit Ryan. Um, they don't really get much time with him because a fight breaks out in the visiting room and Kirsten can't take it and bails him out. Yep. She, after witnessing him get beat up by Weevil once again, um, it's like she has, she fully changes her mind about being okay with him staying with them. Yeah, so this was kind of confusing to me because she'll hand out $100,000 to, like, her friend um, and clearly is pretty well off and they were sad to see him go to jail and she could have, could have bailed him out this whole time? Yeah, but instead of doing that, they paid for somebody to look for his mom. Oh, that's right. Okay. Like a PI or something. Yes, yeah. they have a PI looking for his mom, um, which we find out in the next scene where Sandy is sitting in a cafe that they have located mm-hmm. Ryan's mom. Um, in this same cafe, Sandy overhears some moms in... Um, what do they call them? The Newsies or something? Newsies? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Some housewives basically just shit talking Sandy and Kirsten for taking in Ryan and saying how um, Ryan's just a criminal and all the same stuff. And Sandy calls out Julie um, because basically like telling us that Julie and him come from similar backgrounds um, mm-hmm. and neither of them grew up well off. And that she should be able to relate to Ryan. While Sandy goes to pick up the mom from where the PI has located her, the boys and Seth, Ryan, and Luke, and then the moms, Kirsten and Julie, are setting up for casino night. Another charity event. Yeah. Our second one already. Charity event. Very gossip mm-hmm. girl of them. Um, and you see that Luke and Ryan are interacting but they're kind of back to their old ways of hating each other. But they're not punching each other. So, Yeah, at least in this episode, Saw's pretty good. <laughs> this obviously sets up for Casino Night to finish off the episode. But before that, Ryan comes home 
or not home, comes back to the Coens, and mm-hmm. his mom is sitting on the couch with Sandy. And he's obviously shocked and pissed, and there's a lot of emotions that you see him surrounding his mom. As you would expect, he did get abandoned. Yep. And I was surprised he was just so okay with the Coens inviting her to come to Casino Night with them. Yeah, it was kind of like he respect. I feel like it was out of respect because he respected the Coens and yeah. what they were trying to do for him, even and, though he probably did know like where it was going. Yeah, and I mean, his mom did try to tell him that she wasn't drinking anymore, which we come to find out a couple scenes later is a very big lie. She also said that she broke up with her boyfriend and she's trying to like get mm-hmm. on the up and up. Um, and she basically puts on a facade for this rich family that had taken her son in. Um, and then we find her very intoxicated at this casino night. Yep. Um, this whole night, Summer actually acknowledges Seth's presence, though. Yeah, that was pretty exciting. It took her a few tries to get his name correct. <laughs> Don't know how when... Seth is one of the plainest names in the book, but I was going to say what stood out to me the most about that interaction is a few scenes later when Ryan's mom falls over from being so drunk, Mm -hmm. and clearly there's still enough people to help, but but Seth sees it and still goes over to help Ryan, um, Mm -hmm. which shows that they are truly the one true ship of the yeah exactly um that being ryan and seth yes yeah obviously um it was also this was really like sad to watch because ryan just you could tell he just kind of froze and like and he was in kind of just like this frozen state didn't like it wasn't even like disbelief it was just like i can't believe we're here again almost Yeah, so Luke and Seth got her up, and then Sandy helped take her out to the car. The next day, Kirsten catches Ryan's mom trying to leave, or leaving, not trying to leave, leaving. And his mom basically says, I'm not capable of being a mom. Mm -hmm. My eyes got a little damp here. Yeah. Um, So Kirsten walks back inside, um... Ryan obviously knows his mom left at this point, and she, what is she, she basically? She says, Ryan's going to stay with us for a little while. Yeah. And so this is full circle back to the first episode mm-hmm. where Ryan says, I guess I won't unpack, mm-hmm. um, because his final line at the end of this episode was the side smile, super adorable, I'll unpack later. Yeah, so this is a full, like, three-episode intro to what mm-hmm. the show is, what it will be. It was really a trilogy of angst and drama and setting us up for the following seasons to come. I also loved how excited Seth was after this announcement. Oh, yes. He has a brother. He has a buddy. Mm-hmm. All right, Dreamcast to our time. Part of these Dreamcast, Dreamcast, where Dreamcast. We recast these shows as if they were made today, somewhat today, sure. If they were just remade. If it was just remade, uh, exactly as is today, yeah. I don't know about you, but I had a. I say this every time, but I had a really hard time. This is the one I spent the most amount of time on, and I still don't know that it is foolproof. 
Okay. Should we, like, say our picks and then decide whose is better and then come up with our final picks? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, Sandy Cohen is played by Peter Gallagher, and in the show, he was 48 years old at the time of taping. Mm-hmm. So, before I show you mine... The person I cast is 44 years old. What about yours? <laughs> Not that it really matters. It's just interesting to see. I had no idea that this person was this old. I don't want to say old. He's not. He's 58. So, yeah. So, quite a bit of a difference from the original Sandy at the time. But Oh, I should probably put my glasses on so you can see yours. <laughs> okay. Let it roll. Who'd you pick? I picked Mr. John Stamos. Hilarious. I just get John Stamos vibes from Sandy. I know why Nick picked mine as superior. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> My own Amelia. Oh, okay. The eyebrows? I can see that for sure. And they have a low voice. Easy transition. Imagine him saying the schmear. Yeah. That's that's pretty good. The long hair. Not that I don't love John Stamos. No, I agree. Yours is better. Okay. Our Sandy it's my is top. my element to, you know. Fine. Oh, we don't want to wait till we're done? Cause oh, we gotta I guess see, we can. We got to see who they vibe with. This is true. Okay. Okay. Interesting contender. So next up, we've got Kirsten Cowan, played yes. by Kelly Rowan. Yes. And in the show, she was 48. The person I cast for mine is 41, currently. Um, the person that I cast for mine is 50. I can't believe it. She doesn't look a day over 30, honestly. <laughs> mine Who did you guess? is Kristen Bell. Oh my god, Kristen Bell and Milo. Look at them next to each other. We, we'll post this on Instagram for okay. our, for our I listeners. I love that. I still go 50-50 with... Because before her, I had the mom from All American. Oh, and I, I, I just kept see. going back and forth. Mom from All American is definitely like the California mom type. But I, I, I like Kristen and Milo's vibe better, I think. Yeah, I love Would it. love to see it. So this one I went almost strictly off of looks. I think these women okay. are long lost twins. Um, okay. I picked How Leslie Mann. Is in, oh, okay. Um, Judd Apatow's wife. They are very similar they looking. They look very similar. It's interesting for this cast, we went based more off looks yeah. than for all of our other ones. Well. That's a big part of the show, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. They gotta fit the vibe. Um, I also just thought, like, Leslie Mann would fit kind of the personality mm-hmm. and the spunkiness of Kirsten really well. And then with John, though? Yeah. Hmm. I like your pairing better, I think. Can Leslie Mann... With my yeah. I don't know. We'll have to. KB, I'm so sorry. I'm <laughs> changing my mind. Okay, so next up, Seth. Okay. So, played by Adam Brody. He was 24 at the time of filming. The person I picked for mine, I'm not solid on. And he is 23. Do you want to go first, though? Sure. Um, I had this person in mind for Seth. Could not shake him for Seth. He's 30. And I wonder if I okay. I probably almost picked this person. I just Let's see. Not see Dylan O'Brien as Seth. Yes, I had the same thing. But 
with my girls, I was like, no, I can't. Oh, well, you'll, you'll see who my girls are in a second, but yeah, I just couldn't shake it. And as soon as I saw their faces next to each other, I was like, this is this the is right it. decision. Yeah. Um, he also looks like the love child of Leslie Mann and John Stamos. <laughs> so I That's just, true. <laughs> I had to go with the vibe. I'm just not solid on my Seth or Ryan at this time. Um, I went with Rudy Pancow from Outer Banks. Interesting. <laughs> I told you I'm not sold on it. It's really hard. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I'm only laughing because that's why I picked this my Ryan. <laughs> Okay, okay, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay, so I, I almost picked him as Ryan, but then I went with, for my Ryan, I went with, do you recognize him? Charlie Gillespie from Julian the Phantoms. Oh my God, I love him. But I feel like they could flip. I would flip them. You want to flip them? Yeah. I just can't not see Rudy as Ryan. That is so funny. <laughs> That's why your husband was laughing at us. That's so funny because um, Charlie Oh, Gillespie, did you see my other one? No, Charlie Gillespie reminds me of Chase Stokes from Outer Banks. And Chase oh. Stokes was also a consideration for me for Ryan. But No. I really wanted... I couldn't get it out of my mind once I saw it, but it just wasn't right with my other people. I, Jacob Elordi. Oh. Uh, for uh-huh. him. It's just not quite the right... Not the vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Not quite the right vibe. So, Charlie Gillespie is 23 as well, so they're the same age. Oh. How old is... um, Rudy? No, Rudy and Charlie are the same. How old was yours? Oh. Um, Dylan's 30. Oh, that's right. Tough tough spot. He can pull it off. He can pull off a high schooler. (laughs) As long as he's clean-shaven, probably. Yeah, clean-shaven, Dylan O'Brien. Okay, um, Marissa Cooper, played by Misha Barton, the youngest member of this cast, and she was 17. 17. The person I picked for mine's 18, so not too far off. Oh, I don't actually know how old. Let me just do a quick but Google search. A little bit, but mine are closer than, because Ben and Adam were 24 and 25, so mine's a little bit closer. How old is yours? 27. Yeah. Which, I, is, a little I, which is fine with your 30 year old, I guess. Uh, yeah, but she's dating the 23 year old. It's fine. <laughs> Age is just a number. Age right? is just a number in this game. <laughs> okay, so I went with Millie Bobby Brown. Huh. Once I saw this new blonde hair in the. I've been watching some interviews. I could see it. Especially with her fashion. Yeah. Yours is probably better. Okay, what's yours? I went with Simone Ashley from Bridgerton, strictly off of the jawline. No, that's really good. I love it. She would be paired with Judy. Judy? Judy Rudy. <laughs> no, I love it. That's a good I pair. Think that they're they're be so pair. cute. They're both pretty tall, too. Mm-hmm. So we agree Rudy's Ryan, end of the day, right? End of the day, Rudy's Ryan. Okay. Okay, next is Summer. My fave. Okay, this is... The person I cast... Well, Rachel Bilson at the time was 22. The person I cast in mine's 19. Okay. I'm scared it's going to be the same person. It's not. 
It's not. This person's also 27. <laughs> my cat okay. looks very young. You go okay. first. You go first. Because this is the one I'm most... After Milo, this was my second favorite. I'm sure yours is better. I just obviously had a vibe. I cast Phoebe Denover from Bridgerton. <laughs> okay. They just have the same, like, dimple smiles. I could see her totally playing Being that sassy, the eye roll. sassy character. Um, kind of, I would love to see her play a little bit of a, like... Yeah. You know, more than surface level character. Um, I also think her and Dylan O'Brien would be super cute. Oh, yeah. They are cute. Yeah, I'm ready. So the only thing... Blow me out of the if... water. <laughs> <laughs> Olivia Rodrigo. Uh, you don't okay. see it? I the eye roll? It. Come on. No, I can see it. She's just, like, really young. She's older than but I guess Millie if, Bobby Brown. Yeah, I guess if Millie Bobby Brown's your Marissa, then that makes sense. 18 and 19, and then my boys are 23. Yeah, that makes sense. So, neener neener. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, she's looks wise like a twin almost. Oh, I just similar. realized, did the picture get messed up? Sorry. I don't think so. So, who are we going with as Seth, though? Well, I just don't really want to cast Dylan O'Brien if we're casting Olivia Rodrigo as <laughs> I think both are solid casts. I definitely have an older crowd. How old was Simone Ashley again? 27. Simone Ashley with Rudy would be fine. Yeah, because no? he's like 20, he's 24. 23 yeah. or 24. And then, so then we're saying Olivia and Charlie. Yes. Maybe we don't need to combine our Yeah, cast. let's maybe not. Because mine works up. I think mine works separate and yours works separate. Yeah, they I don't. Just, they're not vibing together. They're not. Except for maybe Milo. Although him and Milo Uh-oh. and Dylan. What happened? I did something. Milo and Dylan could also pass as the same age, too. So I don't know. Wait. Say that again? My, I can't see Milo as Dylan O'Brien's dad. That's so true. So I feel like my cast works on its own and your cast works on its own. And there's see, not really any combining we can do whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, because both of my... I do think I'm going to actually switch my guys. Oh, absolutely. Um, because either one of them could be Kristen and Milo's kid. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I was trying to do math on age here. <laughs> 40-year-old parents with... Well, no, because I guess they're playing... They're playing. They're, they're as close to the real actors as... Yeah. Okay. After the Dreamcast, as always, we took a little BuzzFeed quiz. BuzzQueed fizz. <laughs> it sounds the same to me now. Oh, no. <laughs> um, so we wanted to see which OC character we were. Yes. What were you? I got summer. Nice. The description says, you throw people for a loop. On the surface, you seem like one person, but deep down, you're totally different. You're often the life (laughs) of the party, but the more sensitive side, the one you only let a few people see, is the most alluring part of your personality. Ooh, I like that. The only part I hesitate with is the life of the party, but 
It depends on the party. It depends on the party. Absolutely. I got who I was hoping for. Seth. Wow, cute. So we're just a match made in heaven. Cute. Absolutely. Um, notice the picture BuzzFeed chose is the Christmas episode. <laughs> um, and the phrase or paragraph is, you got Seth, reigning champ of quick comebacks, obscure pop culture references, and made up holidays. Yes. Made up holidays. That's me. My favorite. You're everyone's favorite funny guy, but beneath that witty exterior is a caring dude who will do anything for his friends and family. Hell yeah. I love it. All right. That was good. I loved it. Fun episode. Long-winded episode. Took us... It was a road to get here, but we made it. Yes. Um, So, social media? Yeah. What's your social media pick of the week? I mean, it's not really an exact post, uh-huh. but this past week it was Kim Possible's 20th anniversary. Oh. Dear place in my heart. Wow. Call 20? me beat me. 20. Oh my god. Wow. Yep. That's amazing. I'm going to be rewatching it now. I'm excited. I haven't watched it in so long. I think I should rewatch it. Yeah. Or wait a couple years. Yeah. Um, mine is just kind of a funny TikTok. Kim, ready? I thought we could have, I have seen a it? little um, conversation about. Uh oh said subject (laughs) okay um so it's a stitch okay of this girl duetting austin butler doing a tiktok for oh no okay (laughs) i don't even know for he's promoting his new movie and he's in australia and whatever can't wait for the movie in his elvis voice still Mm -hmm. um we've been done shooting this movie for probably half a year now um and he yeah said that he slips in and out of this voice yeah, and he also was like, I'm not a kid anymore. People just know me from these kid shows. And I'm like, yeah, this is a little different. Yeah. Um, he's from California. He is. Yeah. Also, did nobody else. watch Carrie Diaries? That wasn't that long ago, was yeah, it? Yeah, he's always had a deeper voice, but this mm-hmm. is like. Anyways. And it's got a little. Anyways, yeah. So the stitch is saying, she says. If he can get away with using this voice for the rest of his life, I'm going to start using a British accent and say I developed it from method acting while watching Love Island. <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. That's awesome. Are you going to start doing that too? Might as well, just along with the... We're mm-hmm. watching the Australian Love Island right now. It's my personal favorite. I can't do um, Love Island. I got to try it again, I think. So but good. The Australian one is a lot of fun. Um... I love Austin Butler. No shade to him. Mm-hmm. I just think this voice thing's a little. Um, it's. I mean, he's. I guess he's really method acting. I guess like, so. I do also think it's funny. This is a sidetrack. I think it's funny that Paramount. That's who the movie's through, right? Sure. I don't know. know. Whoever the movie's through is obviously trying to promote their movie by using him simply as a thirst trap. They're trying to like oh, make yeah. Austin Butler the man of the year. And then Top Gun came out, and suddenly Miles Teller just came out of pocket, like, and the whole world is obsessed with him instead. I, that's not, that's one I just don't quite understand. Um, <laughs> especially, like, because even his own wife is, like, promoting him as a thirst trap on TikTok. Have you seen those? Yeah, she's kind of she, staking her claim. Yeah, and she always uses hashtag Miles Teller. Oh, she's <laughs> really trying to. Yeah. What's funny to me is, like, Miles Teller is so not, I mean, if we're talking from, like, the male and female gaze, mm-hmm. Miles Teller is, like, the attractive from, like, a male gaze, I would say, and Austin Butler's a little bit more yeah. from a female gaze, so it's also kind of interesting to see that, and he's obviously in a way more masculine movie. Mm-hmm. And 
the Austin Butler train, if you were already, we were already on it from Hannah, Montana to Carrie yeah, Diaries. Everybody's that? just late. Beastly? Oh, oh no, that wasn't him. That wasn't him. No, that it was wasn't him, right? That was Alex Pettifer. Another forgotten <laughs> um, heartthrob. Well, no, don't say forgotten. We don't forget. Austin Butler. <laughs> this could be a whole other episode, I guess. Oh, for sure. Well, did you know Harry was up for Elvis, too? I did. But they didn't want somebody that was already a superstar. And, and I love that. I loved that. I thought that was so cool. Well, speaking of Harry, we should probably bring it up. Oh, my God, guys. We're going to Harry Ween. Oh, well, not that. But oh, that as well. well I guess all the up. Harry things that has happened to us since. Oh, yeah? The movies. Oh, my God. We have to watch... Don't worry, darling, in September. Mm-hmm. My policeman mid-October and then end cap it with Harry Wayne. Ten days later, we have to look that man in the eye. <laughs> have to. Hopefully, have to. Like, <laughs> hopefully fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> um, after watching My Policeman, I just don't know. You can make by my grave now. Prep my tombstone. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It's going to be brutal. I can't. I'm ready. Okay. So to cap this episode off. um, This ending is a little rough. It is a little rough. Yep. All right. Let's cap this episode off with a fun little question. If you. I forgot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If you could live in an early 2000s TV show universe, which one would it be? Ooh, damn. Mm -hmm. This is hard. Can take a moment to think about it. Have, have you? So, well, since you came up with the question, do you already know your answer? Honestly, no. <laughs> I don't know. My first thought is One Tree Hill. I don't know why. Everyone dies in that show. Yeah. That, no. I love that show, but I don't want to live in that universe. The parents all suck in the that parents show. parents do suck in that show. Um, they all basically live on They're the all villains. That's how you make a good show. Make the parents villains. Yeah. All Americans doing that right now. Um, my love of, like, Nancy Drew is really shining through in this moment, and I want to say Veronica Mars. You want to solve some crimes? Yeah. Okay. Get in the convertible. Yeah. Hang out at Hearst College with Wallace and Logan and Piz. Yeah. I mean, the characters would be very fun to hang out with. But then there's the other part of me that just wants to live in a walkable community like Stars Hollow. Exactly. That was my first thought. I want to sip coffee at Luke's and walk to the grocery store and go to town halls. But would it get old? It would probably get very old. Do we want to be alias? No. Work for the... (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) That sounds so boring. If it's anything it's like boring. The show. <laughs> it's just mur- murder after murder, but we're calling it boring. That's so funny. Um, well, hang on. I don't have my final answer. What's your final answer? My final answer is Gossip Girl. I want to be in that fashion world and um, be friends with Blair and maybe not Serena. She seems a little, a little hot take. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. All of I, those shows are so drama filled. Well, I don't know, cause then you got Friends. Oh yeah, damn that seventy show. I don't want to be in that seventy show. Yeah. Um. 
What are we mi- we're missing something? I mean, you could literally do any Disney Channel show if you really wanted to. Mm-hmm. Like Hannah Montana. No. I want some crimes. I think even Bronx even Mars. Phil the Future. <laughs> <laughs> Chronic Mars, final answer? I think so. Okay. Just because I'm friends with her doesn't mean I have to solve crimes. <laughs> this is true. There's also, like, heroes, too. It could be a superhero. No, personally, nope. Personally, no? Nope. Too scared. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So, I would live in Gossip Girl, and you would live in Chronic Mars. Mars. Interesting. I'll hang out with Mac. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for joining us here at this long-winded coffee table. Yeah, thanks for bearing with us. Um, moral of the story, don't drink a seven and a seven. Get any other drink. We are going to continue watching OC. We'll probably recap or just do, like, key takeaways from season one on the next one. Yeah. We, we don't in a progress. little deep to these episodes, but. Yeah. Well, we're excited. We've been waiting for this one. Yes. These episodes definitely sum up the season, too, so, well. Mm-hmm. Final announcement is that we are on all podcasting platforms now. So, Spotify, Apple, there's ten of them. We're on all of those. There's ten of them? There's ten of them. It took me a while. Wow. Well, stream us anywhere and everywhere. Anywhere, everywhere. Follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at Coffee Table Pod, And send us an email about which... Y2K TV show you would want to be on. Our email is coffeetablepod at gmail.com. Cheers! Cheers! <laughs>